Thank you, Pastor Katie. As Thomas said during the children's message, the word of the day is cultivate. And before I say anything else about that, I, I do want to say what a joy it is to uh, have children's time where the children come up and they already know the answers. You know, that, kudos to the parents. I mean, that's so good, guys. Um, so good. We are beginning this new sermon series, New Year, Same Mission. We do have a mission statement here at Pinehurst United Methodist Church, and through this new sermon series, we're going to try to uh, really lean into what our mission statement says uh, from a number of different perspectives. And so our mission statement is to cultivate more disciples and deeper disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our community and the world. And so with the sermon series, we are going to focus on a different word for several weeks um, that is found in this mission statement. All right, you see the mission statement? At the end of this thing, there's going to be a quiz, and we expect you to be able to recite it. And we'll call you up here one by one, like a spelling bee or something, Katie. <laughs> no, not really, but um, we do hope that this is um, a transformative series where the mission statement can um, be something that we not only print at the top of the e-news, but we actually live into, okay? All right. Our scripture reading today for our Cultivate Week comes from Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. This is Jesus telling a parable about a barren fig tree. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? The gardener replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until... I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? God, in this moment, we pray that you would cultivate a space in which we can hear with clarity some good news. May we not only hear the good news, but may we continue to be transformed by it over and over again. Thank you for your grace, which makes it possible. We ask that your preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen. Manure. I want you to say it with me. Manure. It's okay to say it. The word's in the Bible. You can, you can say it if it's in the Bible, right? Manure. 
It's a, it's a funny sounding word, manure. You know what it is, right? <laughs> I had my first encounter with manure when I was just a little fella. My grandparents, Mama and Papa Largen, they lived next door and they had a, a whole truckload of it brought in and dumped at the end of our driveway. I, at this point, didn't know what manure was. I just knew we were getting a whole truckload of it, so I was kind of excited. When it got there, uh, my excitement faded as I began the process of discovering what exactly manure was. And the smell was one of my biggest teachers. So as the man shoveled the manure out behind the driveway, I covered my nose and my grandparents, they laughed. And let me tell you now, this was that good old-fashioned 1980s manure. This isn't any of this newfangled compost green manure. This was the real deal, the high octane. <laughs> the high test. This is organic. And they covered their nose and they laughed at me and, and I, I asked the question that I really didn't need to ask at that point. I said, what is this? And my papa in his eloquence said, son, this here is a load of bull manure. And so the next question that was pressing on my little mind is what in the world are you going to do with this? They said, we're going to take it and we're going to put it on things to help the things grow. You're going to put that on things to help it grow? Why would you take something that smells like death and put it on something that you want to live? Like, it's counterintuitive. Why this? Why, why manure? I didn't understand, but however, I, I was told that's what it does. Manure helps things grow. It helps things live. It helps things thrive when the right person puts the right amount on the right things. Well, Jesus tells this story about an owner of a vineyard who plants a fig tree in the vineyard and comes back year after year after year and, and finds that the fig tree's not bearing any fruit. And so the owner's like, you know what? I've been patient with this tree. I've given it a little extra time and it's still not bearing any fruit. I'm tired of this. Cut it down. But the gardener who accompanies the, the owner in the vineyard says, sir, I understand your frustration. But why don't you let me see what I can do with it? Just, just give me one more year. Let me, let me dig around it a little bit. And let me put some manure on it. Let me put some manure on it, and then let's see if it bears fruit. And if it doesn't bear fruit this time next year, we'll cut it down. The gardener intercedes for the fruit tree. This is one of Jesus' parables, like many others, that doesn't really offer any resolution. You, you don't know what happens next. You don't know if, if after the, 
the, the process of spreading manure around it. You, you don't know if, if the fig tree bears fruit. You were just told that the gardener says, give me a chance to work with it and let me see what happens. Although this parable offers no resolution, it doesn't tell us what happens next. It does serve as a glimpse as to what the kingdom of God is like. This fig tree, for all intents and purposes, deserves to be cut down. But the gardener steps in on behalf of the fig tree so that the tree can be saved. In the same way, in our our sinfulness, in our, our brokenness, in our fallenness, humanity deserves to be cut away from God. But Jesus intercedes on behalf of humanity so that humanity can be saved. That's the glimpse that this parable provides. So it is truly no wonder that after his resurrection, Mary Magdalene mistakes Jesus for the gardener. It was no mistake. But aside from this being a very important glimpse into the kingdom, it's also worth noting that Jesus tells this parable in a context. Jesus tells this parable in a context, and the context is a bunch of bad things has recently happened. And there are people all around Galilee who are hurting. They are hurting. Before Jesus tells the story about uh, the gardener and the manure, immediately before Jesus tells the story, Jesus hears about some Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So the question at hand before Jesus tells the parable was, whether or not these Galileans did something to deserve such a terrible fate. And Jesus responds, do you think that these Galileans deserve to have this happen to them more than any other Galilean? Were they worse sinners than others? No. Jesus says, they did not deserve to have this this." manure happened to them. But sometimes manure happens. Repent. And Jesus goes on to talk about more current events regarding a a tower that fell and killed 18 people. Jesus says, do you honestly think that those 18 who, who, who died when the tower fell, were they worse than others? No, Jesus said, they too didn't deserve for this this manure to happen, but, but sometimes manure happens. Repent. My great friend Jeremy Troxler in, in preaching uh, from this same text once said, the great Alabama prophet Forrest Gump said it best. Sometimes manure happens. It's a natural part of life. It happens to us all. You know, each and every week, I I bring mine in here with me, and you bring yours in here with you. And some weeks, the load is larger than others. 
Sometimes in the midst of tragedy and heartache and pain, it is a metaphorical truckload. While other times, it's just a wheelbarrow load. But we bring it with us. And being surrounded by it, it is no fun. It is, it is burdensome. We'd rather not have to deal with it because it stinks. Burying loved ones stinks. Financial problems stink. Addiction stinks. Fractured relationships stink. Fear of the future stinks. Cancer stinks. Memory loss stinks. Mental anguish stinks. Worrying about our children and grandchildren, it stinks. Grief stinks. It's all manure. We all have our fair share. But it helps us grow. It helps us grow because of who the gardener is. It is Christ who cultivates us. It is Christ who works with our mess. In a way that only Christ can, that helps us to thrive into new life. Manure happens. But by the grace of God, the bad things in life, the heartbreaking things in life, the, the, the challenging things in life, the things that just flat out stink, they do not have to be the things that lead to our downfall. To the contrary, God uses all the things to cultivate us as individuals and as the church so that we may grow and thrive. God cultivates us so that we can be able to help God cultivate others who feel as if their load is too large a burden to bear. God, as only God can, takes our mess and redeems it and beautifies it so that we may grow and thrive and in turn help others to do the same with their redeemed and beautified mess. If you don't believe it's true, then I encourage you to make a resolution to read the Gospels. It's the rhythm of discipleship, friends. Be cultivated by grace. Receive redemption and new life. Get the work cultivating in other places and in other lives and then repeat and repeat and repeat until thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how you grow. This is how we grow. This is how the kingdom on earth grows. 
letting God work with the manure that surrounds us and then bearing fruit in response. Repent. Bear fruit. I know when the calendar turns, we, we get a lot of, of, of excitement and hope that this, this year is going to be the, the, the best year yet. I hate to burst that bubble, but 2023 will not be a year in which we totally avoid messy manure moments in life. They're inevitable. With that said, I'm urging us all individually and collectively to take this this mission statement stuff seriously. If we do, I believe that 2023 can be a great year for us to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. We have the right amount of everything that we need to bear fruit and to thrive as individuals and as a church. It has been provided to us and it will continue to be provided to us. And we certainly have the right gardener doing the tending. I can't wait to see what God does next. Can't wait to see what God does next as we seek to cultivate more disciples and deeper disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our community and the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all God's people say, amen.